0: Welcome to The Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 501 on Tuesday, the 22nd of November, 2022. Hello, I'm Andrew. Unfortunately, Alan cannot be with us today. He is unwell. So hopefully you are better for next week, Alan, so you can join join me and therefore save our listeners from just listening to me droning on. And this week, where we have tried to learn how to count, we'll be looking at what the government will, might, and could do to motoring costs. We welcome our listeners on the board of Tata, and we suggest one way in keeping old toys going. And we immediately leap into new news, and this is from last week, where Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, announced that there will be some changes to what motorists have to pay. From 2025, electric vehicles will be charged at vehicle excise duty, VED and that means that they will from the second year of their registration be charged 165 pound per year also on top of that the luxury car tax or exemption from the expensive car supplement which charges anyone who has a car that would cost more than 40,000 an additional 355 per year for 5 years that will also be brought in on evs from the 1st of april of 2025 Zero and low emission vehicles registered between the 1st of March 2001 and the 30th of March 2017, and which are currently tax band A will be moved into B, which is £20 per year. It's not the only thing, though, that's going to change. A benefit in kind tax will also be increasing, and that goes up to 3% in April 2025, and then a percentage up on that every year, up to 5% in 2027 28 manufacturers and SMMT jumped up and down and went, oh, oh no, we're all doomed. That will put people off buying a car. And I think that's just utter nonsense. For a change, I totally disagree with the SMMT and the manufacturers. It is going to hit light commercial vehicles quite hard, which it hasn't up to now, because they're trying to amalgamate light commercial vehicles with cars. So that is going to have an impact. But... £165 is going to put someone off owning an electric vehicle? I don't think so, especially not when you can pay for it every month. What I would like to see, and someone echoed uh, through chatting on Mastodon, was that there should be encouragement for people who can't afford a new vehicle but are looking at second-hand market and in, in enabling them in a way to buy or get on the ladder of electric vehicles or zero-emission vehicles. But that doesn't seem to be... Anywhere in any of these ideas. Um, the government claims that it will still be supporting the rollout of the charging network and all that sort of stuff. So we'll have to see. We do have linked in the show notes two articles one with the general overview of what's happening, and then another one from friend of the show, Alex Grant, which goes on to talk about fleets because they're going to. They are going to get a bit of a, a dent in this. Not that bad, but it, there are implications of what's happening. So if you are interested in or have anything to do with fleets, do click through on the second link in the show notes to an Autocar article. Next bit of news is that Thierry Bolaire is going to leave Jaguar Land Rover as of December. He is leaving apparently for personal reasons. Ooh, he's only been in the job for two years. Uh, and that took, I think it was six months for Tata to finally decide on who was going to head up JLR. <sighs> but this is on the back of what we were discussing last week in the show where we were talking about their results, which was yet another loss, albeit a much smaller loss than they had had previously. So there was some control being gained on all that. But there's there's been some very odd decisions from the organization not just in terms of what they've done directly, but through all departments, I've seen very strange things being decided. I'm not surprised that he's gone, albeit the timing of it I am surprised at, but Tata said that they have uh, started the process to find a new CEO, and they will obviously be running that, and if the last one took six months, I dread to think how long this one's going to take. But again, we have several links in the show notes. The first is to an Evo article that explains what's gone on. The second is from Steve Cropley, an opinion piece um, where he says that the exit is not a complete surprise and goes on to outline why. There's some really fascinating stuff in there. And then there is also a link to the seemingly ever-present Peter Campbell Twitter thread in our show notes, where he explains, uh, again, adds some more context to what has gone on. Russian news, and Mazda is the latest one in which to sell their part of a joint venture to a local car builder. And they've sold it for one euro and have the ubiquitous buyback clause in there, which they can get it back for one euro if they come back within three years. No surprise, I can't remember who's left in Russia now, but it can't be many, and they're all struggling. Mazda is the latest one now to do that. Interesting a bit of news here that the Department for Transport has been forced by the Information Commissioner to uh, release the assumptions behind the trajectories towards net zero that it used in its transport decarbonisation plan. A Freedom of Information request was sent by Professor Greg Marsden of Leeds University. He did this because he said it is, and I'm quoting here, Transport Extra article that says that Both transport professionals and the public know the tough changes transport must make to meet decarbonisation targets, and that all share the same forecast on which they are best. I think what he's basically saying, they've said a lot of things, but they're not making it clear how they've come to those conclusions. And this is just to help back it up. As we've seen recently with information to do with low transport networks, where they close off roads to only local uh, vehicles and basically active travel, some of the information that has been used previously has been erroneous. I think this is a great thing because we need more clarity, we need more visibility and transparency and any other of these cliched words. But we do need this so that we can all understand what's coming. It looks like, and this is sort of where uh, Professor Marsden is coming from, it looks like they have made some really tough decisions and choices, but don't want to tell us what those are. Mm, that's primarily, I mean, the, the government, the DFT have tried to hide behind um, some weasley words of, oh, it will reveal internal discussions and it will impact on the safe space the policymakers need to take decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Well, no, you, you're making decisions for the whole country, we need to we need to see your workings out. Like that's only fair. If you are changing the fundamental way in which we act as a society, which is what needs to happen if the net zero stuff is to be achieved, whether you agree with it or not. But that it is fundamental changes are required. Then we, it is only fair that we see these these workings out, these assumptions, these statistics and information that you are basing such dramatic changes on. I will keep an eye out for that because apparently that needs to be published uh, in the next oh in the next five days or so, roughly just over five days. So next week we sh- this should be published. Whether they actually put out the information that we want, who knows? Because uh, National Highways released were forced to release some information about the lower Thames crossing planning application and they gave out some bomb information. So they've, they've had to be, uh, they've had to be approached again <laughs> to get the right stuff. It's a, a brief news week this week, I'm afraid. Uh, it's very quiet on the old news front. So that means it is guilt minute, the quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live when there's two of us. We also have a small range of merchandise in our spring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand that, particularly at the moment, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released, and by liking and rating the show on whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. And if you've done all that, and we know many of you do, so thank you very much, then the last thing you can do is recommend us to your friends or colleagues. And or colleagues. (laughs) If you have both, great. WRC News. It is WRC Musical Chairs Silly Season. And the first to announce changes in their team, not that surprising really, is M-Sport. Craig Breen and M-Sport have parted ways. It's been awful for both of them. It just hasn't worked, which is such a shame. Um, Hopefully, Breen can move on and find a team where he finds his spark again, really, his, his love of driving and isn't second-guessing himself and all the rest of it. Uh, and hopefully M-Sport can find someone to lead the team um, because they desperately, desperately need a leader. Uh, they really need a strong leader in, to help the small team forward uh, and build on that That Monte Carlo win was so long ago. I mean, I know it was long ago, but that's the only bright spark they've had all year, and it's such a shame. As quickly as things went down for Breen, they have gone back up again because Hyundai announced that they have employed him along with Lappy, who has moved from Toyota over to Hyundai. Craig Breen will be there part time basis, but uh, Lappy is taking uh, one of the full seats there. And so that's uh, interesting. I'm still surprised Hyundai are going to be in WRC. And as we keep saying, it just feels like any minute now they could just go, all right, enough of this. Let's move on. Especially when they're doing so well on uh, touring car racing and things like that, which can be seen as a bit closer to marketing for the road. I'm glad they're there. Don't get me wrong. I don't want them to leave in any way because two manufacturers or two teams at WRC will be bad. Uh, but talking of three teams, and this is the news that Toyota Gazoo have decided to promote Takamoto Katsuta to the full-time WRC roster, and he will be sharing the car with Sebastian Ogier. So we we now have to wait to see what happens at M-Sport and what happens for the third full-time seat or who else is going to share with Breen. Moving on now to our recommendations of articles and things for you to enjoy. We'll start with the lunchtime read. And this is a really well-written and heartfelt article from Chris the Pollet, Pollitt, writing on car and classic, talking about mental health and classic motors. He is very open about his own mental health problems and his struggles and how he has uh, had issues in the past. And, you know, it's it's not something that goes away quickly or easily, but he discusses how cars have helped with that and how other people have found solace in classic cars and the communities around classic cars. But also, at the end of the article, he does talk about the incredible events and organisations. Um, so you've got the I Love You Man at Caffeine and Machine, which has uh, Alex Goy chatting to various personalities and people about how they are dealing with things. You've got Revs Limiter, there's Ben, uh, and there's also Tacona, Uh, who have uh, regular meetings as well and is constantly out there. And you will see being retweeted some of their information and the way that they campaign and try and get particularly us blokes to open up if we're struggling and to talk to other people. Do click on the show notes, have a good read of that. Uh, And if you are struggling, then try and take advantage of the options that are listed in the uh, article. Uh, And if you're not struggling, but you know someone who is, maybe push this under their nose and uh, it may help them in some way. List of the week. Now, Alan was meant to be here. I put this one in for him because he has to make sure that he continues to keep his ability to stay in america so this is from motoring research and the 21 largest classic american cars so this is american land yachts from the 60s to the early 80s and there are 21 options here uh i'm i'm not sure what alan would have picked and I struggled because there is an awful lot of huge barges here that are amazing, but I have plumped for the 1969 Imperial Le Baron, which is only, and I like the way that this article actually lists the length of these vehicles in inches rather than metric, but 222.7 inches long. It's amazing, utterly amazing. I would happily block my street driving up and down. I wouldn't actually there's a couple of roads I don't think I could get round the corners locally in that. It's so huge. Do have a run through the list. I'm sure Alan will tweet out which his option would be. And do let me know if you'd go for the Imperial La Baron or something else in this. Uh <laughs> they are <just> fabulous. <laughs> there is a charity that is trying to put a scheme into place to deliver some as this motoring research article puts it, delivers some Christmas cheer to vulnerable children and communities. It's called Scrap Car Centre, and this is all about donating your used but decent toy cars that will then get passed on and recycled to family, schools, and nurseries in the UK and abroad of people who are struggling uh, this Christmas and this winter. So it is a combination uh, between the Scrap Car Comparison and the Toy project. Do click through on the show notes if you've got any that you can pass on. Do click through on the show notes to see the um, the article from motion Research and then find out how you can get the the toys to them. We've only got until Sunday the fourth of December, so if we're going to post them, we need there is an address that's in this article and we need to get it done soon. So if you've got any that you know of, if you if you kids or you've got friends or anything like that, that you can pass on. Let's do this. I think this would be a great thing that we can help out with. It's a great charity because it's helping, you know, it's centered around all our loves of toy cars. And my word, don't a lot of you like to keep toy cars and then mess with them and enhance them and everything. So if you've got any spare, if you've got any that you don't have the room for or stuff like that, get in on this and let's help out some uh, people who could do with some cheering up and some help. Right, as I said earlier, this isn't a long show, mainly because Alan isn't here, but also because there wasn't that much news. But, parish Notes, I need to apologise. Last week, in the seconds running up to the recording, we mistakenly thought last week's show was 499, when it was actually 500. Hence, we have been both doing online courses on how to count to more than one, Sorry, we don't normally celebrate milestones here, as you are very much aware, because we're far too British for that. But even so, choosing to not announce the number at all is a little bit low key, even for us. Uh, We've only recently celebrated our seven years of the show, so I'm not going to go on much because it'll be quite cloying and uh, horrible uh, for me, let alone for you. But we do have some serious plans for the show moving forward. Um, The transfer of the hosting was phase one of that, and that's gone as smoothly as it could have, although I know that there has been a few issues for a few people, but it seems to have run quite well generally for most Uh, We're going to be bringing out some new content. We're going to be doing it in some new formats and we're going to be doing it on different mediums. But first we have to get ourselves sorted in the background before we do any of that. And we are working hard to do that. Thank you all for continuing to listen to us. It really does mean a lot. And hopefully when our new stuff starts coming out, you will find that interesting as well as the shows that we normally put out that just leads for me to say, don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and the Book of Face. And you can also go via our contact page on motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon and please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. The best way to get in touch with Alan is to follow him on Twitter, where he is at AJPBradley. That's B R A D L E Y. You will also find his Mastodon account address in his profile on his Twitter account. You can get in touch with me via Twitter, where I'm Crank Windscreen. Again, my Mastodon account address is in my profile on Twitter. If you are venturing towards Mastodon, then you can check us out there. We'll hopefully be both back very soon. But until then, he's not been Alan Bradley, I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring.